Welcome to the Karate Shrimp Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Bleem. Join me in exploring all the ways we can perform better in life and martial arts. I was 10 when my dad was killed. My mom came running into my room that day, frantic that my dad hadn't woken me up for school. She and I had both overslept. My dad hadn't come home from his early morning walk with our dog. She and I sat at the living room window that morning for what felt like hours until the police finally showed up. My dad and our dog had been crossing the street. A woman stopped to let them go, but this young guy driving his dad's car, speeding, He didn't see our dog step out, and he didn't see my dad at the other end of the leash. I learned about loss that day, and soon after, once the shock wore off, I learned about hate. I became obsessed with vengeance. That guy was doing twice the speed limit, had a long list of driving offenses, but he got off. The judge felt sorry for him. His friends all gave him high fives in the courtroom, right in front of my grieving mother. I wasn't there but I already knew about rage. Over the next several years, I processed my dad's death in my own way. I shut everyone out. I didn't talk about it. I didn't cry in front of anyone. I waited until I was alone in my room at night. That's the only time I cried. The rest of the time, I stayed strong for my mom. I didn't want to hurt her any more than she was already hurting. So I didn't let her know that I was hurting too. And I certainly didn't let her know about that hate. I was so numb. It seemed so surreal. I knew I needed to stay strong and focused, to stay sharp in order to be strong for my mom, to be able to be there for her. So I had to toughen up. Like a warrior in training, like a fighter, I had to train myself. So I started doing this thing to make it seem real. I imagined everything that happened to my dad that day in as much detail as possible. The walk, the speeding car, his hand through the loop in the leash, our dog ending up on my friend's front lawn, how my dog looked, how my dad looked, the scene as it would have looked to my elementary school, which was just a few steps away, my grade five teacher crying as he told the class why I wasn't there that day, all of it. I imagined all of it. And I imagined it over and over and over again until that surreal fog lifted and it started to become real. For years, I imagined my dad's death, and I held on to that rage towards the guy who had killed him. I held on to that visual and that anger. I wanted vengeance. I wanted the guy to suffer for what he did. I wanted him dead for ripping my dad away from me like that. What I saw in my head, that horror, I wanted him to pay for that. I wanted to fight for my dad, for justice. But then, unexpectedly, something changed in me. As more time passed, I realized I didn't hate him quite so much. Eventually, one day, I stopped hating him altogether. That scene that I imagined over and over and over in my head, that horror that I needed to face in order to get through it, that helped me heal. And that somehow helped me let go of my desire for vengeance. I realized that all those horrible things that I imagined in my head, that guy, he saw them for real. He saw it happen right in front of him. And it was because of him. And all those years, he had to live with those images in his head, the real ones, and the knowledge that it was because of him. No matter how much I hated that guy and wanted to somehow punish him for what he had done, 
I came to realize that there was nothing I could do that would be worse than that, than the reality of what he had done and having to see it over and over and over again in his head. I didn't have to seek vengeance. It already came about. That hatred went away and I started to heal. And eventually I realized that I had forgiven him. I saw his side of it. I saw what he must have suffered and I forgave him. Vengeance on its surface seems to be about honor, but ultimately it speaks to pride. It's about ego. All of my anger, my rage, my obsession with seeing him suffer, that years long grudge I held against him. It was all about me. It wasn't about my dad or my dog or my mom or my sister or anyone else. It was about me. I was in pain, so I wanted to inflict pain in return. I was hurting, so I wanted him to hurt too. It wasn't about honor at all. My incredibly vivid imagination allowed me to see the other side. It allowed me to deflate back to normal size and see another perspective. And through that, I experienced compassion for this person who I thought I could never, ever forgive. I didn't like him. I didn't like what he had done, but I was able to empathize. I was able to let go of my inflated ego and humble myself so that I could see it from his point of view. And this is how I healed, through compassion. I'm going to read you a quote from an article. I'll put a link to it in the description below. It's called Radically Embodied Compassion, The Potential Role of Traditional Martial Arts in Compassion Cultivation. And it's by Neil Clapton and Sid Hiskey. Compassion is a central tenet ethical intention and motivational force integral to the way of many traditional martial arts. Traditional martial arts philosophy and systems are commensurate with this aforementioned uh, idea of compassion as a motive to empathically confront and take wise, skillful action to reduce and prevent suffering of self and others. At their core, Traditional martial arts are mind-body self-cultivation systems that help develop compassionate and virtuous character strengths, such as courage, benevolence, wisdom, temperance, and justice. Seen from this perspective, martial arts can become a vehicle and pathway to reducing suffering, promoting well-being, and flourishing at a personal and social level. So martial arts then aren't just about self-defense. They're about preserving life and promoting well-being. And compassion, the desire to prevent and reduce suffering in others, is a vital part of this. That desire for vengeance can make us feel like fighters, strong, empowered, but ultimately it makes us weak. It's only when we can let go of that desire and practice empathy and compassion for others that our martial arts spirit can truly develop. Just because we can fight and just because we really, really want to, like I did with losing my dad, doesn't mean we should. And with compassion, we learn that it's often better if we don't. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Karate Shrimp podcast. You can also find me on YouTube at The Karate Shrimp, as well as on my blog, www.thekarateshrimp.com. There you can find more resources as well as online courses to help you perform better in life and martial arts. Feel free to share my content with anyone you know who could benefit from it. See you next time.